God in me. Break down anything, God, that would stop you from moving in this place today, God. Lord, break through all of the unbelief tonight, God. Break through all of the weariness, oh God. Break through all of the tiredness, God. But Lord, may your spirit just rest upon this service right now, oh God. Lord, as we hunger for more of you, oh God. We thirst for more of you, oh God. Just have your way tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, we need more of you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. I feel something here tonight. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many still gleaning on this weekend? Amen. What powerful, powerful services we had this weekend. Very grateful for what God is, is doing. I believe that was the stepping stone into the next level that this church is about to see. Amen. And I don't want to miss what God has. I don't want to miss what God has for me. I don't want to miss what God has for this church. He's doing great things. How many can testify? He's doing great things. Good to have everybody here. Sawyer, good to have you with us here tonight. God is good. God is good. Got a phone call, Brother Zach, this afternoon, and let me know that the light socket by the ladies' restroom was a sparking and a popping and a cracking, and got up here, and sure enough, no lights in the ladies' restroom. So went by Ace and got that and got it wired in, and come to find out now these are out. So. We must have had a lot of power go through this place this weekend. It's shorting out light switches. So we're not trying to be like the church down the road. We ain't trying to be like anybody else. We're just, we have no power. So we'll, we'll just make do with what we have. And God moves whether there's light or whether there's no light. Amen. If you have your... Bibles, turn in the book of 2 Corinthians with me. We'll go into the Word. I may be reading it on the screen with you. I don't know if I can see my Bible. All right here. Second Corinthians chapter number 5, we'll start reading with verse number 6. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Paul says we are confident. There's some things I have confidence in. I might not always have confidence in myself, but there are some things that I'm pretty confident in. Verse number seven, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. We may be accepted of him. Come on, we may not be accepted by, by certain people. 
remember when I stepped into this thing as Pastor Burke did around 13 years old my new friends weren't too hip on hearing what the Lord had done for me so you see there's some circles of friends that what we live and how we live and what we believe might not be accepted but it doesn't worry as long as I'm accepted by him Verse number 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Good luck pointing fingers at the person that offended you or why you acted the way you did and the decisions that you made here on earth. Good luck pointing fingers and saying, Sister Lamb made fun of me, so that's why I was offended all the time. It says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that that he hath done whether it be good or bad I could preach a sermon just on that scripture alone I'm going to focus on verse number seven. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Put your Bibles down. Put your hands one more time in the air. Thank God what he's doing. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray, Father, you would have your way in this place tonight. God, I feel your presence just as strong as we did this weekend. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to what you want to hear and what you want to say, and what you want to do in this place tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, break any chains here tonight, God. Break any bonds here tonight, God. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. You know, I haven't been alive on this earth for too long. But I've heard life described in so many different ways. I've heard it described as a journey. I've heard life described as an adventure. I've also heard that it's a roller coaster ride. Somebody says that it was a cakewalk. I've also heard that it's just a multiple chapter filled book. I've heard it said a great life. I've heard somebody's life described as unbelievable life, a rewarding life. I've heard this is a rat race. I've heard somebody describe it as a whirlwind. My wife and I say this, that we are blessed. I live my life with that moniker now, blessed. That no matter what I'm going through, I am blessed. No matter what's going on or surrounding me in my own personal life, no matter what's going on with my job, no matter what's going on here at church, I can say that I am blessed. And if I ask the question here tonight, how would you describe your life? Is there a word that you can use to describe your life? Is there a group of words that you can use that would describe to somebody your life? It's hard to put into words simply what your life is. Because what is true in Scripture that life is just a vapor 
is very true. Because you see, I, I used to think 30 was very old when I was 17. I thought life was kind of on the downhill spiral when you reach 30. But then you reach 30 and you realize 30 is not really that old. And I thought maybe when I hit 40 that maybe that would be it. But then you reach the 40 mark and you realize, hey, that's not really old either. And then you reach the 50 mark. And you realize, well, that's not really old either. And as I'm a few years away from hitting that 60 mark, I don't think that age matters. You're as old as how you feel, and if that's true, I'm still a teenager. Come look at my basement, you'll know that's true. I'm not going to grow old. I'm not going to get old. But it's interesting that we try to cram as much life And as much as we can in the 60 and 70 and 80 or 90 years that we are here on this earth. All I know is what time is it that if you don't like the chapter that you are in, you have the capability of correcting and starting a new chapter. Too many people have in their mind that this is how life is always going to be. Too many people already dead said us, this is how it is, and this is what my life is destined to be. But I want to tell the church, I have a God of new beginnings. I have a God that starts new chapters. I have a God that starts something new. Many of you know, if you don't know, this is probably the most, one of the most trying times of the year for me as I'm preparing my forecasting and for telling the owners what I'm going to do, how much I'm going to sell. And bless the Lord, I am so close to two million right now. <laughs> I pray to God we get there, but we are close. But you couldn't tell it. I hold in my hand the evidence. But this is one year's worth of business right here. In this book is a page for every key account that I have. And I have to tell the owners exactly what each account is going to buy. We have eight product groups. I have to tell the owners exactly how much of each product category that I expect each one of these guys to, to buy from me this year. Number one, it gives them some budget numbers. It kind of gives them an idea of Uh, of what kind of numbers I think I'm going to be pulling in my branch. It gives numbers for if there's any pay raises, any vehicles that breaks down. It's all based on what I put in here. It doesn't look like it, but this is what I'm going to be doing this year. This is one year, $2 million worth of business right here. Brother Wilson, it's like you telling somebody how many sofas you expect to sell this year and how many love seats and how many end tables and how many recliners. Well, it's kind of a a guess in the dark because I could say I'm going to do $3 million this year. And then we have a summer that's 50 degrees, which blows everything out of the water. All I know is that God has been with me. And God has blessed me beyond measure. And I know that everything is going to be okay. Here's what I say, church. There was a time in my life where money was a, a, a major motivator. 
but as successful as my branch has been, it doesn't satisfy me. I'm not looking for the next big job. I'm not looking for the next big thing. Because my heart is set on the church. My heart is set on the ministry of this church. It's unfortunate that I like to eat too much or I would quit my job. It's unfortunate that I have an arcade fascination that uh, I have to keep taking care of. But my world doesn't revolve around my job anymore. My focus isn't on the occupation. My focus isn't on that goal of X amount of dollars per year. It's a blessing. Thank God for it. But there's something else that's burning in my soul. There's something else that's going on that that goes far beyond what my job can do. It's about seeing the lost saved. It's about seeing souls come to these altars. It's about baptizing people in this baptistry. That's where the hunger really is. But he has given me something to give to the church tonight. Because as Sister Burke preached, the number one thing we need to work on for revival is ourselves. This pride. We get in the way of so much of God moving. We get in the way of so much of God wanting to to touch us and use us, but this pride just seems to get in the way. It's interesting. She hit it right on the head, that pride, if you have that in your life, you're bound just to repeat the same struggles over and over and over again. There will be hurts. There will be attitudes and anger with you and others if pride is not dealt with. You listen to your pastor here tonight. What you do with that will decide the next chapter that you will go through. Because God will not force you to change. God will not force you to let go of that pride. God will not force you to love unconditionally. God will not force you to be caring. God will not force you to be loving. God will not force you out of idolatry. And God will not force you out of idiocy. If you're an idiot, only you can change that. I got real quiet in here real quick. (laughs) Life goes on day after day after day until weeks turn into months, turn into years. And ones that thought they will make it right next week. Ones that thought they will get things together next week. Ones that thought they can fix things next week. Next week becomes a month. And a month becomes a year. And next thing you know, here's this long period of time. And nothing. Only you can stop forest fires. I mean, only you can bring change. I don't know where that came from. It's true. If you're going to make a change, start right now. Because now is the right time to make it right with your family. 
Now is the right time to make it right in your marriage. Don't wait. I will tell every married person here, value every single day that God has given you a spouse to hold hands with. I'm just going to leave that right there. And worst of all, now is the right time to make it right with God. I believe we have entered a time where we need to stop playing games with God. I think he's already got our attention at this church of what is he's capable of doing. I think he's already got our attention of what he's about to do in this place. Don't lose it. Don't leave it behind. Don't stand on the sidelines while everybody else is getting their blessing. Don't stand on the sidelines while everybody else is getting their anointing and getting their ministry. Tonight is the night to make it right. Because I've seen many a good saint run away from God when they should have just been walking with God. Just walk. That's all God's asking of you tonight, church. Just walk. Just walk. After these revival services, I hear the voice of the Lord telling the church and the saints to keep walking. To keep walking. But Be aware of who your walking partner is. It was late winter, 1985, when I found out that there was several openings in the Granite City Police Department. Being young and dumb at that time, me and my friend decided we were going to train because they had tryouts to be a policeman, just to get in. One of the things that you had to do was a couple couple days test. One day you were to run one mile in a certain amount of time. The next day you were to walk one mile in a certain amount of time. So we started training, my friend and I, And we would practice and see how far we could get without getting winded until we were able to make that mile. Again, it's 1985. Again, I'm like 18 years old. Running was no problem to me then. So we got it to where we just did clock in the mile at a certain amount of time. We were running every night, cold, snow, whatever it was. Then we had to do the interesting. It's the walking under a certain amount of time, one mile, because you have to pace yourself. And we timed ourselves just walking regularly of how long it took. No, that's too slow. So we had to do it again and step our pace up a little bit. But I found it interesting that as we were doing this, my friend who was training with me while we were walking was a chatty Kathy. 
In fact, my nickname for him was Walkie Talkie. Because when we were walking, he'd start talking. But when we, he started talking, I noticed we started slowing down. And next thing I know, he's carried on a conversation for 10, 15 minutes now. And we're way behind and we, we done blew it. So what I would do when walkie-talkie would start chatting, I started kind of just picking up the pace a little bit. So that I was maybe a, a, a little ways in front of him, Brother Wilson. But it never seemed to fade. He would be in the middle of our conversation when I would start picking up the pace and he would stop talking. But he would eventually make his way back up to me and without blinking an eye would start right back where he was left off with. <laughs> and as much as I appreciated him walking with me, it was more of a distraction and it was more of a hindrance to my walk because I'm focusing on the time. I'm focused on how fast I need to do this because we got a goal to make. We got a time that we have to do this or we're not going to make it into the police academy. Well, then I got a job with the Globe Democrat making pretty good money, so that blew the pool. I'd be a policeman. I'm making money now, so forget it. We'll leave that to the professionals. But I say that to say this, be careful who you're partnering up with. Be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. If an ungodly person is your best friend, be careful because it may be hindering your walk with God. If you're unequally yoked with somebody that you're dating, be careful because that may be slowing your walk down and hindering your walk with God. Because Paul said this, to walk by faith and not by sight. Which means to me, a lot of the time, you're walking blindly. Listen to me, these last two years before my wife passed, I had faith that God would heal. I had faith that God would do the miraculous. But all he asked of me was just keep walking. I didn't know what tomorrow would bring. I don't know what the next day was going to bring. All he asked me was to walk by faith. That means walking, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. That means walking when you don't know what's next. That means walking. Even when that mountain is right in front of you. Keep walking, even though it seems like you're in that valley. Keep walking, even though you don't know what's coming up. Is it a desert or is it an oasis? I don't know, but just keep walking. Many of you know I've, I've traveled quite a bit in my lifetime. Whether it's for business or whether it's for personal. I enjoy traveling. I love traveling. But I like to know exactly where I'm going. Before the, the age of smartphones, I would memorize that map. 
I would say, okay, we're going to take this highway through St. Louis, take this highway down here. If we were going to Branson, we're going to take 44 all the way to Springfield. Now, well, once I hit Springfield, get 65 south and go 65 south. If we were going somewhere, I would want to pin out and mark the map where I knew I was going. And I would study that map, and I, I would look at it, and I would know which cities I'm going to be coming across. So it'd be in my memory of where I'm going to go. went to took Allison who was in a wedding up in uh, Rhode Island and this was before the day of cell phones and, and all this thing and all I had was just a printed out map it keeps you on your toes going where you've never gone before as we found our way to Hershey Pennsylvania what an anointing of God, Hershey, Pennsylvania is. Where the, the street lamps are in the shape of Hershey kisses. I didn't want to leave. I found my chocolate heaven. We went from Hershey to New York City. We went to the Statue of Liberty. and actually got to touch and see the Statue of Liberty. Although I'm kicking myself, I was right there by ground zero and didn't even, didn't even stop to think. I was too worried about the parking. I was worried about the three, three to $500 parking tickets if you're found in violation. So we went to the Statue of Liberty, and I hightailed it out of there. But with the new technology that we have now, the new technology of the smartphone, it really dumbs us down. Hey, Siri. Directions to New York City. You hear that? Well, there it is. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to do anything. Just put this thing in the dashboard. She tells me what to do. I don't have to worry about what left, what right to make. Just listen to Miss Miss. I just listen to Miss Bossy, and she tells me that in 17 hours, I will arrive in New York City. She tells me when you've missed your exit, idiot, rerouting, 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 make a U-turn. But these things have made it so easy that we don't worry about taking a trip now. Just tell her, ask her, she tells you, you put it there, just listen to her, and it gets you there. I'm not going to New York, not yet. But we rely on this new technology. Faith and his word are a navigational chart for us. They go hand in hand. And if you're navigating through life and you're not including this word, and if you're not including your faith, you're walking blindly. Because everything you need to know is right here. It's sad we live in a world where you need a preacher to, to tell you how to live. But it's right here. It's sad when the preacher has to step in and say, Brother Lamb, you've got to love your wife. 
It's right here. Brother Wilson, you shouldn't need a preacher to say, you know, you, you need to love women right there and honor them and, and don't provoke her to wrath. It, it, it's, it, we need a preacher, but really, it's right here. I don't, I don't need to know how to love my wife because this word tells me how I'm to love my wife and, and I'm, it tells me how I'm supposed to love my children. And in fact, it tells me how I'm supposed to love one another. The same way I love myself. Love goes this way. Because when I'm loving God with all my heart, with all my mind, soul, body, and strength, it makes it loving each other. Because I realize how much he loves me, and I realize how much he's done for me. And when I realize how much grace and mercy he gives me every single day, and how much grace and mercy I need to go this way with. But people are walking through life blindly by not walking by God's principles, by not walking with God's precepts. But God has already set the wheels in motion here at True Tabernacle for revival, and we can walk with it or we can just sit and do nothing with it and just watch it leave. Yo, younger kids probably don't remember this, but us 40-plusers remember this. Picture it. It's 120 degrees in the shade. It's sweltering outside. It's really too hot to go outside and do anything, but as kids, we used to do it. We didn't care if it was 100. We didn't care what it was. We went out and played. Well, Dad made sure we went out and played. Get out. Now, the sun came up. We were playing ball. We're riding bikes. We're riding roller, uh, roller coasters. I wish we were riding uh, skateboards. And we were just having fun outside, outside, outside. Until you hear the sound of the ice cream truck. If there's nothing that will motivate you to run down the road. <laughs> You run inside to get dad, get up, and you run down the street, hoping it's still there by the time you get there. We sit there doing nothing. We're like dogs in a house that hears the mailman coming. Church, I hear the voice of the Lord saying, walk. I've started you in a new direction. Walk. If nothing would get our attention, if nothing would get us our ears perked and ready and excited of which way to go, it should be the sounds of revival. It should be the sounds of souls being one. It should be the sound of praise going up to a God in a church service. We should be on high alert that God is doing a work in this church and God has put us right in the cusp of revival. I hear the Lord saying to just walk. Walk by faith, the scripture says. Walk in the spirit. Walk in love. Paul says to work, to walk certainly not as fools. Paul says to walk worthy of the Lord. Walk in wisdom. 
and on and on and on it goes. Walk honestly. Just walk. Many saints content on just stopping and enjoying the scenery or just simply stopping to talk badly about somebody. Lord, help us. More worried about what somebody else is doing wrong and talking about that than praying for them and saying, come on, let's just go. But I've seen too many good saints of God just pop themselves in one place and just enjoy the scenery and watch those walk on by. When God is saying, just walk, there's no time for stopping. There's no time for of past mistakes. There's not, no time of looking back at what could have been. You can't do nothing about that. Just keep walking. Where are you at tonight, church? Have you popped yourself in a place of complacency, a place of apathy? I've enjoyed these past weekend services. Because I know that's just the beginning. That's not all that God has for us. Mm-mm-mm. I told the birds, well, if we get any more people, we'll have to get a bigger building to do a victory march. I Seriously, I was ready to kick my brother in the rear and move. Too close. The end of the line. I'm the beginning of the line. They're going to think you're starting the line. But there's more blessings coming, church. There's more anointing to be felt in this church. There's more victories to be won. There's more healings to see. There's more souls to be saved. There's more of God to discover. What we felt this weekend is just a drop in the bucket for what he has planned for this church. Keep walking, church. I know it gets lonely, but keep walking. I know it gets tiring, but keep walking. I know it gets hard, church, but he's just saying, keep walking. I know life can be frustrating, but he's just saying, keep walking. Jesus just simply says these words, walk on. In Acts chapter number 3, we find a very familiar story of the lame man begging for alms in front of the temple. We read in those scriptures where Peter walked up to him. And being a minister, he ain't got no money. <laughs> he said, look, I ain't got anything. But I do know what I can give you. And he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And not only did the man receive his healing... And he stood up for the very first time. But the scripture says that those all around him who knew he couldn't walk, who knew what his situation was, now suddenly saw him walking and leaping and praising God going into the temple as a testimony of what God did for him that day personally. And God laid this on my mind as I was preparing for this message, he says, there's too many spiritually lame in my church. 
who come to a church service and feel by presence, who comes to a church service while others are receiving delivering and others are receiving healing, but they're spiritually lame and haven't walked and haven't moved in years. Lord, have mercy. If we can come to an apostolic church and feel the delivering power of God and see those that have been set free of addictions and alcohol and all sorts of sin walk away from this place changed. And we still just sit here spiritually lame, not doing anything. but I'm here to tell the church. He's here to heal the spiritually lame here tonight. He's here to heal those that have stopped walking a long time ago with your God. In Jesus' name, I loose you here tonight. In Jesus' name, be healed. Because God is wanting you to just walk. You see, I hear this described as a race, and we're pressing for the prize. I've come too far to give up church. I've come way too far to say this thing ain't real. I've seen way too much, and I've seen God move in such a way, and I've seen too many times where God has come through, and I know what he's done personally for me. I've received a miracle in my life. I've received a touch. God filled me with his spirit. God has blessed me time and time and time again just to walk away and say, too many good saints of God that are walking away from truth, that have walked away from what God has done for them after all they've seen, after all they heard, and they say, nah, I'm just going to settle for something less. You see, God's not concerned with how fast you can run this race. But he is concerned with are you walking because church there's been times in my life where my walk has become almost a crawl when I didn't know which way was forward backwards or sideways and I was in utter darkness and I couldn't even feel God anywhere near me but he just simply said walk and I did I walked when I felt there was nobody that cared I walked when I felt like there was nobody around me I walked even when I felt like my own pastor didn't know what I was going through. All God asks of us is just to walk by faith. Stand with me, church. There may be somebody here tonight that you've planted yourself like the lame man. You've just planted yourself in this one place and that's where you've been for a long time. I want you to know that God is still in the healing business. 
that you may be spiritually lame here tonight, but you can walk away on your feet, ready to start all over again. Because you're just one moment away. One moment with God is all you need. You could leave this place touched, on fire, and walking again. I left this weekend with a renewed vigor in my heart. Brother Joe's shaking his head. We've talked. He's been on cloud nine since this weekend. I have been too, bro. I have been too. Good to have you with us too, bro. Glad to have you part of us. See, that was for me as much as it was for you. I needed those services. But to the church, I say this. If you're here tonight and you're weak, keep walking. If you're here tonight and you're just tired and weary, you're battered and beaten by life, I say keep walking. Keep walking. Even if you're in the valley of the shadow of death, I say keep walking. When it seems like there's no hope, I say keep walking. When it seems like nobody cares, I say keep walking. If you're lonely, I say keep walking. You're here tonight discouraged. I say get up and keep walking. If you could just hear the voice of the Lord here tonight, you would hear him say, my child, just keep walking. Eternity is drawing closer and closer and closer. Just keep walking. Lord, I thank you for your presence that's in this place. Lord, I feel such an encouraging spirit that is here. Lord, you never ask too much of us. All you just ask is to have faith in you and get up and keep walking. I encourage if you're here tonight and you found yourself in a stalemate of life, not moving, stuck in the rut, stuck in the mud, if you find yourself here discouraged, feel that life has given you an unfair disadvantage, I encourage you to find a place at these altars tonight. God is here. He wants to bring encouragement. He wants to let you know that he's going before you. He said, I'll go before you and I'll never leave you. Just keep walking. These altars are open here tonight. Church, keep walking. I'm here to declare to you my past is over.